Hey everyone, this is True Crime at Lunchtime, hosted by Lindsay and Kayla. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kayla. And we're work besties who love true crime. And this is a true crime podcast providing shorter episodes that you can enjoy on your lunch break. Kayla, what's new with you this week? All right, so to keep it interesting, I decided to do something a little bit different for my small talk this week. We are going to do a best friend quiz and figure out how well you know me. Oh, that's fun. Okay, let's hear it. Don't disappoint me. We're going to start off easy. What's my favorite color? Uh, Let's see. That would be... Blue. No. Is yours red? No. Orange? No. What is it? Purple. Purple? You're such a basic bee. My backpack is purple. My laptop case is purple. Okay, I shouldn't know that. Sorry. All right. Ask me, like, something I would know. What color are my eyes? Blue. You got that one right. <laughs> I love them, right? If I could drink one thing for the rest of my life. Coke. Specifically? Regular Coke. From where? Large from McDonald's. Yes, that is my favorite thing of all time. Obviously. <laughs> it's a crispy okay. Coke from McDonald's. All right, hit me with the, the, the good ones. Oh, the good ones? Like the ones you'd get right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's my favorite Marvel character? Wanda. Yes. Okay. So I could just tell you things that I know that you like. And that would be easier. <laughs> it's like celebrity crush at the moment. Oh, it's a, it's Eddie from Stranger Things. Chrissy, wake up. But she also <laughs> loves Brendan Fraser, and I do know that. I do love Brendan Fraser a lot. He's on the resurgence. She's a Brendan Fraser stan. stan. I am. I love him a lot. Let me ask you some questions. Okay, what is my favorite color? Pink. No, it's teal. Oh, shit. I did know that. Everything I own is teal. Who's my favorite superhero? Wanda. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, the color of my eyes. They're not blue. They're not. They're brown. They're green. Oh. What was the first Marvel movie that I watched? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You didn't watch them in order. No. I wish I would have. See, I lead back to our conversations about hot Marvel men. Because I remember you liked Chris Hemsworth for the longest time. But I know you didn't watch Thor first. Mm -mm. I I swear it was Guardians of the Galaxy. It was not. That was the first one that I loved. Like, absolutely loved. WandaVision, wasn't it? No, that's not a movie. My first Marvel movie that I watched was Captain America. Oh, so you actually watched the first one in chronological order. (laughs) I started. I tried. (laughs) Okay, guys, it's time to pop last night's dinner leftovers into the microwave, and let's dig in to the victims of Diane Downs. All right. Hit me with three fast facts that I need to know before we dig into this case. So even though our theme is Diane's, 
Um, Diane Downs. Well, she goes by Diane Downs, but her real name's Elizabeth. She, oh. Her middle name is Diane. So it's still in there. This crime takes place in Oregon. I think it's our first West Coast one. Yeah, I mean, we did Texas, but that's about as, as far as we've went so far. We're going all the way to the West Coast. And two of her victims actually survived. All right. So in the night of May 19th, 1983, Diane Downs arrived at the hospital in Springfield, Oregon. And she had her three children with her, um, Christy, Cheryl, and Danny. But it wasn't just for anything routine. Um, They had all come in with gunshot wounds. And she explained that a man tried to carjack her, shot her three children, and then her. And he had left the scene and Diane was driving like a maniac to get her three children to the hospital. And that's where the story begins. Okay. Well, that sounds terrifying. Just a little bit. Um, Her kids were very young at this time. And so we'll get into a little bit about Diane. So Diane, she had quite a past prior to this night. She attended Pacific Coast Bible College, and this was in California. But she was only there for a year, and she was expelled. Hmm. And she was expelled for promiscuous behavior. Oh, okay. So well, she went was to Bible college. What, the 70s? It was around the 70s, late 70s, early 80s at this mm-hmm. time. And after this, she ended up running away from home, and she married Steve Downs in 1973. This actually was the early 70s. So upon having her three children, um, Christy, Cheryl, and Danny, she also had another daughter in 1982, but she was immediately taken from Diane, and Diane had given up her parental rights to this daughter. Okay. All right. Um, That's quite interesting. And Steve and Diane, their marriage lasted about seven years, and they got divorced in 1980. And this was a year after their son, Danny, was born. Okay. So she had several kids in this couple-year span. She did. And actually, the reason for their divorce was because Diane was having an affair, and Steve found out that Danny was not his biological son. Oh, damn. That's a lot. It's heavy. It is very heavy. And it was in 1983, Diane began having an affair with Robert Knickerbocker, um, also Nick. Um, He was married at this time. And Robert didn't want children. And this is what gave Diane her sinister motive to what happened on May 19th. Okay, so she's having an affair with a married man. Does he have children of his own? He does not. Okay. All right. So he does not want any children at all. I do not believe so. Okay. And she was in love with Robert and she had three children from a previous marriage. Right. And then back at the hospital, Diane was pretty cool, pretty calm. And she didn't seem like to be acting like a mother whose three babies had just been shot. Yeah, I can imagine that if you and your children were in this terrifying act of violence that you would be pretty shook up. And on top of that, she was also shot. Yeah. She was driving like a maniac to get her kids to the hospital. 
With one arm, probably. Yeah. That's scary. She was shot in the arm, correct? She was shot in the left forearm. Okay. And even upon arriving at the hospital, her kids just didn't seem like her number one priority, like you feel like they should be. She actually called Robert. Okay. To let him know about the accident? To let him know about the accident, just to check in with him. But I don't like to judge people based on the way they act, but as a mother, Lindsay, would you be calling? No, I mean, especially somebody who I know doesn't want involvement. Um, So just at first glance, I am familiar with the case. Um, Not so much all the inner workings, but... Um, you know, somebody who has expressed not wanting to be involved with the children, it just doesn't seem like that would be my first call. Now, my first call would probably have been to her ex-husband, yep, Steve. <laughs> father of the children or two of the children. Um, but, you know, like, like we've talked about before, it's really hard to judge someone in the moments of panic and grief. Or, you know, however she was feeling, shock, you know, it it could be really hard to judge someone based on that without having more facts. So I'll let you finish. So the kids' injuries, I mean, if you guys want to skip ahead, this does involve her three children. Um, Chrissy had suffered a stroke. Danny was paralyzed from the waist down and Cheryl had sadly passed away before arriving at the hospital. And Diane, she was shot in the left forearm, which their injuries are drastically different. Yeah. It does seem odd that the children suffered such brutal shootings um one of them being dead obviously so fatal and then she was just shot very like surfacely mm-hmm. so based on Diane's story this is what she said happened happened on the night of May 19th in 1983 um she said that she drove herself and her three kids they were going down a desolate road in Oregon She had said they were coming from a friend's house and the kids wanted to go sightseeing. And mind you, this was at night. Yeah. So (laughs) So you're probably not seeing a lot. What sights are you seeing at night? I mean, what? It was May too. Like I could see, oh, let's go look at the Christmas lights. Or I mean, maybe that's just like a, a, something we do in this area. Mm -hmm. Did you do that when you were little? Yes, I did. Okay. And A thing from this case that a lot of people remember is that the kids fell asleep in the car and hungry like the wolf was playing on the radio. And that's when a man was on the side of the road and signaled for Diane to pull over. So she did pull over. And she got out of the car, tried to see what he wanted, and she said that he pushed her aside, took out a gun, shot her and her three children. And to get him away, she pretended to throw her keys so he would go after it um, to hopefully take the car. But she ended up getting back in the car, and then she sped off to the hospital with the three kids. 
And that's where the beginning of the story ended up when she rushed into the hospital with her three kids. Okay. So I'm thinking that this story would be pretty short if this was all that was happening, but I'm thinking there's probably more to the story. Say, obviously with Diane, her shit wasn't adding up. No. So, and what wasn't adding up was that there was no blood splatter on the driver's side door. So she was shot outside of the car. Where was the blood on the pa- on the driver's side door? Wouldn't it be on the passenger side door? Like if she, she was, was driving. Shot. So if she got out of the car and this guy just pulled out a gun and shot her, yeah. It would be on the driver's side door. Right, cuz it was her left. Uh-huh. It was her left arm. There there was no way she could be shot without blood being there. Right. And there wasn't any gunpowder residue on the driver's side door either. Which if she tried to get back in the vehicle, there would have been gunshot residue. She was shot in the arm. There would have been some trace of something. Yeah. So basically, the investigators are probably thinking at this point that it would not be plausible that... Diane was shot the way that she said she was. It was clear that the shooting occurred, but it just was not the way she was saying. And the last one that is the most solidifying, in my opinion, was that Diane tried to go into Chrissy's room when she was in the hospital. And Chrissy's heart rate just spiked as soon as she saw Diane and her eyes were like kind of glazed over. And it was like she was in fear that her mother was there. That's so scary. And that gave them a pretty clear indication that something isn't right here. Something else is going on. And this is also another very famous thing from this case is the police wanted Diane to reenact what happened that night on video. So they wanted her to reenact her movements as well as the man that had tried to carjack her's movements. And she got all done up for this video. She was dressed to the nine. She was primping the hair, the makeup. She was checking to make sure she was looking real nice for this video. Seems kind of an odd thing to do to have her recreate if she was a victim indeed uh, the way that she said she was. It would be really odd for them to just say like, hey, we want you to reenact and relive. One of your children is dead and to have severe injuries, but let's reenact this. So I, I'm guessing at this point they were probably had to be as sure as they could that she had involvement in this. I was gonna say, I feel like it was part of the ruse was to see how she reacted to it too. And she didn't act like somebody that was just a survivor of the carjacking. Yeah. She just acted like it was her moment of fame. (sighs) And she really messed up in this video because she bumped her arm and said it almost hurt more than when it happened. So, like, what could she be referring to there? Like, when she was shot? Yeah, when she was presumably shot. Okay. So she just bumps her arm and she's like, wow, that almost hurt as bad as when when it happened. 
I mean, I think that would be quite a stretch to compare the two. <laughs> she, she she has further things that come out, um, like comments that people said that she had overheard, well, they had overheard her saying. Um, she was very surprised when the doctors told her that the bullet that had hit her son, Danny, had actually hit his spine, leaving him paralyzed instead of hitting his heart. She seemed very surprised by that. Hmm. In my mind, that would be a relief. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a surprise. But I mean, it would be a surprise if I had something to do with it. Or if you intended to, for that bullet to go through his chest and not, you know, hit the spine. So, yeah, I mean, it would make sense if she has this involvement for this to be why she found this to be surprising. She was also very concerned about the blood in her car. That this blood had just completely destroyed her car. There was never a concern that, oh, my gosh, this was my children. This happened in this vehicle. Like, I probably get trauma looking at this vehicle. Never want to see it again. She was just concerned that there was blood everywhere. Okay, yeah. All seems like very normal reactions, right? She also said that this whole thing just really ruined her vacation that she was having. Oh! I mean, it it took a real damper on her. I'm sure it did. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing like murder to ruin your vacation. She also never cried. Not once. She did a lot of press a lot of interviews. They're all out there. You guys can look them up. I've watched a few of them. Never once did she ever seem really concerned. She never shed a tear. To me, it's just not how a grieving mother acts. Right. <laughs> I think the worst thing that she said was that her children were the lucky ones. She wasn't able to tie her shoes for two months. Oh, wow. Like, damn, Diane, I really feel for you. Not. I mean, I think that a lot of parents can agree that you would, you know, most parents would take a bullet for their children. Um, So it does seem really baffling that she would make such light of something so serious and so devastating that happened to her own children. And I'm somebody that when I'm in an awkward situation or when I am very stressed, I use humor to cope. But there's a big difference between using humor to cope and just kind of being ignorant and an asshole. Yeah. Which she was being ignorant and she was being an asshole. Sorry, not sorry, Diane. Just telling it like it is. And Robert, the man who she was having an affair with previously, he also told police that Diane had stalked him prior to leaving California. And there was also things in there that she would have killed his wife, something along those lines. So he was spilling some tea as well, that she was kind of a little not right. Not with it. Just not acting the way one does. Like a decent human being. (laughs) True. And... Diane tried to cover up the truth, too, that she had owned a 22 caliber handgun 
and a 22 caliber was actually the gun that was used um, during the the fatal accident that had happened. She tried to lie and say that she didn't own this gun when in reality, Steve and Nick had both said, yes, she owns a 22 caliber handgun. And they also found the shell casings at her home that matched um, the shell casings from the scene. There was extractor marks, like from when the, it shoots out of the gun, it'll put up a marking on it. And it was the same as the ones they had found at the scene and the ones they found in her home. Which if it wasn't that gun, they wouldn't have matched. And also upon searching her home, they also found her diary. Which I don't like when people read each other's diaries, but this one, <laughs> it, they had good cause. I think I think this warrants it, Kayla. And they found out that she was in love with Nick. And this is when they found out that Nick didn't want kids. And that kind of gave them the motive that they needed for everything that had happened. Yeah. I mean, it all matches up. Like, this guy doesn't want kids. I want to be with this guy. I'm going to get rid of my kids. It's hard to wrap your head around it. But if you're looking for a reason she did give the detectives the reason they were looking for. Say so just her behavior, the inconsistencies, just the children's reaction. That's another big one to me. Yeah. And on February 28th of 1984, Diane was finally arrested and police finally had enough evidence against her. Um, that she was arrested for the murder of her daughter, Cheryl, and the attempted murder of her two other children, Danny and Christy. Wow. And during the trial, Christy actually testified against her mother. Oh, thank God. She did. And Diane was found guilty on June 17th, 1984. And she was sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years. Yeah, and she's still in prison. She's still alive and she's still in prison. She is. And there's a couple side notes about this case. Um, Diane was actually pregnant with another daughter during the trial. Yeah, that's so... The pictures of her in court are so harrowing because I really think that she thought there's no way a jury is going to convict her being so... I mean, she was like eight or nine months pregnant. She was huge at the time of sentencing. And I feel like she thought that would get her again, but sadly, people didn't believe her when they found out that she had murdered her or tried to murder all of her children. And but luckily, this daughter was taken out of custody right away. Um, she was later adopted. And this is one of my favorite things to come out of this case that Danny and Christy, they were later adopted by Fred Hugie in 19. 19- in 1986 he was actually the lead prosecutor in their case and he and his wife adopted them i love that and another thing that i really love is chrissy obviously grew up and she had a family of her own and she named her daughter cheryl she named her daughter after her late sister cheryl i love that But as for Diane, um, she did actually try to escape prison in 1987, but she was arrested again shortly thereafter. I believe it was 10 or 11 days. And 
although she's had parole hearings, the judge in this case made it very clear that she should remain in prison for the rest of her life. I absolutely think that that is a good idea. All right, Lindsay, it was a crazy one. How'd you feel about this one? This one is just so sad. There were so many innocent people involved and it's just truly heartbreaking for her child that died for her child that was born into such a tragic situation and for her two remaining children that were affected by the shooting and have to deal with lifelong medical conditions due to the actions that at the hands of their mother that night. And it's the scariest thing that it was their mother. The person you probably trust the most in your life um, would just drive you down a road and all of a sudden just try to end your life. Yeah. It's truly one of the scariest things I can think of. Yeah. It's so sickening. All right, everyone. And those were the victims of Diane Downs. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We've really liked delving into the Dianes that are out there. Yeah. The diabolical, the devious, devious, and many other D David, dirty adjectives that I can think of. We could really go down a long rabbit hole. Truly a disgrace. Yes. You guys already know you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Stitcher. What is it? Good, Good Vines, Pod Bay, iHeartRadio. Pretty much every streaming podcast service you can think of, you can find us. We would really appreciate, as always reviews comments follows shares downloads your support in whatever way you feel like you can support us and as always stay saucy and see you next time work besties